This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I am Mike Bynes, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists joining me tonight for the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. Our special guest tonight, I'm going to keep this intro short so we can get into our Q&A here, but he's a, he comes out of Florida State University where he's a Heisman Trophy winner, two-sport athlete, national champion, first-round draft pick in the NBA by the New York Knicks, also played for the Spurs and Houston Rockets. He's a coach now. We are honored to be joined by that's just a legend here in Florida, the great Charlie Ward. Charlie, thank you for being here. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. So let's jump into our, our, our questions here for Charlie. We've got an interview tonight only. We're going to start this out with, you grew up in Thomasville, Georgia. Um, just kind of give us an idea of what that was like and who inspired you to get into athletics. Um, well, I grew up, like, as you mentioned, in Thomasville, Georgia. And, and I was an athlete from a little kid, as long as I can remember. Um, I enjoyed uh, throwing a basketball or throwing any kind of ball. Um, I made everything into a ball. Uh, I dribbled uh, without a basketball. Um, everything was a, was a jump cut. Uh, so I was just in everything I made a hoop. Uh, so you know, I, I just enjoyed it. Um, and I had a gift that God blessed me with, great hand-eye coordination. And so it was just something that from uh, from a long time early on, um, I, I enjoyed doing and it came natural to me. Um, so that's kind of, and my dad was a coach. So I grew up in a, in a household where you know, sports was always on. Um, I was always going to games or around it uh, in some form of fashion. So that's something I enjoy doing. Nice, nice. Well, well Charlie, your, your 1993 season was truly remarkable. Still the fourth highest winning margin of votes in Heisman Trophy history. How were you able to bring your game to such a high level? Uh, well, it, it helps to have good players and be on a good team. That's for sure. Uh, I was just one of whatever the number was that played each and every Saturday. And, you know, I just did my part. So, uh, for, you know, for me, most times, or for anyone, most times the quarterback gets most of the glory if the team is successful. Um, and, and so uh, if the quarterback is doing his job, that means that everyone else is doing their job. And so I was grateful to be able to be on a team that had that's, that I was surrounded with uh, great players. Uh, we worked together beautifully. And, you know, that's – and you also need to have, you know, good quality coaches, which we were blessed to have. Um, my five years – you know, pretty much had the same staff um, as far as offense scheme. We did change up the scheme. Uh, my last two years, you know, we changed up the scheme to better fit uh, our athletes. But it was basically the same coaches, you know, coaching us up. And I think stability played a big part in in all of our success. So. We did a prior show with Coach Mike Nolan where we debated the greatest college coaches of all time. Obviously, Bobby Bowden, the great Bobby Bowden, was part of that list. 
here in Florida. He is just an absolute legend. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on what it was to have him as a coach and play for him and, and a mentor. Uh, well, I mean, you know, of course I'm biased. Um, I just think from a overall perspective, um, you know, I'm a Christian. So just the Christian values that he brought, the way he led uh, each and every uh, day, uh, the people he surrounded himself with, along with the success that he had, um, I just think he is, to me, uh, one of the legendary coaches. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in who's the top. I mean, as I keep saying, I, I, when you pass by, a pasture of goats or a pasture of cows or whatever the pasture is, there are quite a few of those animals in there. Uh, and so it's hard to say one person. I think we should all just group them into, you know, like we do the cows and the goats in a pasture. They're all, they're all great coaches in their own way. Um, and so... You know, everyone has their own bias, which I can appreciate. However, I think you can't diminish one over the other. And so I, I just say he's a, he's a coach that I appreciate being around because he taught me a lot about, you know, valuing your, your Christian principles and living them out on a daily basis and surrounding yourself with those type of people as well. Uh, play the, plays a big part in just the upbringing um, the understanding of what it can be like as a coach and the environment that you want to uh, have if you are a coach or even you know, bring it to your family. So that's something that I appreciate about coach and uh, the wisdom that he, he brought each and every day uh, to help us be successful, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Uh, this is something that I've always wondered. Um, when you made the decision uh, to move to pro basketball over pro football. Uh, were you at least partially taken into account uh, that black quarterbacks had been given very limited opportunities up until that point? And is the progression where it needs to be for black players at that position today? Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure about the, if there was limited uh, black quarterbacks uh, and, you know, I would Probably if I would have stayed in the draft, if that was my only option, I would probably stayed in the draft and gotten drafted in third or fourth round, uh, which was the norm at the time. Um, however, you know, being black wasn't the only reason why. Um, you know, they measured me at 5'11 and a quarter um, during that time, and I was 182 pounds or so uh, when I went through that process. And, of course, that's not worthy of – first round material um, and so in this day and age uh, that size is going first round which is you know progress progression um, over the course of years so I'm happy for you know the guys who have an opportunity uh, that my stature my you know ethnicity uh, to be able to have opportunities uh, because everyone's progressed um, and they're just not looking at size and stature and those types of things, but they're looking at production and how they can produce, you know, not just on the field, but off the field, being a great leader, um, all the 
intangibles that, you know, help a team be successful or win. And so I'm just grateful that guys get an opportunity today uh, that are very similar to me and they're making the most of it. So you mentioned size and height. Uh, there are quarterbacks today, that, as we said, that are very successful in the NFL that kind of played the game the way that you did, had, had the same style, the same, the same height. Um, did the scouts get it wrong with you? Were, you? were you ahead of your time as far as how the quarterback position is played? I don't know if they got it wrong. I mean, it was their prerogative. Um, that, that happens every year. So whether they got it right or wrong, they make their own decisions. Uh, just like, you know, they make a decision on a guy who they drafted in the first round that had all the measurables, but he wasn't successful um, over the course of his career. That happens all the time. And so, you know, we make decisions and we have to live with those decisions. And they chose to uh, not draft me uh, for whatever reason, uh, whatever their reason was. Uh, but I wasn't going to allow them to dictate to me, you know, what I had to do or wanted to do uh, because I had options. And I was grateful that I was going to you know, better myself as far as if I didn't get drafted in the NFL, you know, what I was going to do. Um, and I was going to allow my work ethic to uh, carry me to the next opportunity and also my relationships. And so those two things, um, you know, pay great dividends once the NFL draft uh, came and went and I didn't get an opportunity. And I put all my eggs in the N NBA basket and, and things worked out there for me. I, well, you mentioned the NBA. Um, that was you had uh, on November 29th, 1999. You had a great game. You made seven three pointers against Dallas, a career best. Uh, was that just one of those games that athletes say that they can kind of feel it or, or being in the zone, or what was going on that day? Uh, I don't remember that game, but I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you bringing it back up, though. Um, but. <laughs> If I had to guess, uh, making that many three-pointers meant that um, I, I, I was doing my job, which was giving the ball to the guys who could score and getting get an opportunity to where I could, you know, make those shots. Um, and so, you know, that's what I, I, I developed into. Um, I didn't come in as a three-point shooter. Um, I worked and developed into that uh, type of uh, player to be able to space the floor. And I was grateful for, you know, Coach Van Gundy taking the time to help me uh, develop that, those skills over the course of my uh, years there uh, with the New York Knicks. And that was uh, something that, you know, I was grateful for. Uh, but I guess if you make that many, that means that you made a few early and you kept feeling good, and it kept going in. So, um, and and at that time, I was in a prove it, prove me uh, state, meaning people didn't take me um, serious about shooting a three point shot. Uh, so I was grateful that they they tried me. So you're currently ranked number one all time in the NBA playoffs uh, for steal percentage. So I was just, you had excellent numbers in college for steals and, and the regular season in the NBA as well. Defense takes hard work. I mean, was that something that you worked on all the time or, or just being able to steal come naturally for you? 
Uh, well, I was a guy that anticipated well, uh, whether that's in college, um, pros. That's something I took pride in, uh, doing the little small things. Um, I wasn't going to be the, the leading scorer every night. Um, probably wouldn't have the most rebounds, but I wanted to do my part. Um, and so by being a great anticipator, it uh, means that you know, when the ball is on the floor or when people are around, uh, around you dribbling, uh, they have to be aware. And I think that's something that I uh, made my name. One of, my, one of the things I made my name on uh, in the league was, you know, being able to anticipate and make the right uh, decisions when it came to, um, you know, still in the basketball. Uh, over the years, you stayed very close with Seminoles football. Um, can you tell us what FSU needs to do to return to its former glory? And uh, is Coach Norville, is he the right man for the job? Uh, well, Coach Norville, and since he's been here, he's established some great uh, principles, uh, things that will be um, that will, will help FSU win, football win long term. Um, and his foundation has been established, and now you're starting to see some of the fruit uh, going into, I think this is his fourth year. Um, and so hopefully we can, as I mentioned about stability, um, that, that, that plays a big part in success. Um, and, you know, regardless of what it is, business, uh, teams, uh, when you have instability and leadership, you're not going to be very good. I don't care who you are. And I think for us, uh, he's the right guy to be able to lead us because he's got a necessary support uh, needed from administration. And uh, he's bringing in the right <clears throat> right type of uh, players to be able to, you know, move the, move the team forward progressively each and every year. And so um, that's all we can ask for at this point. I uh, think the time will come where we will be back in the mix. Uh, they're getting the right players. Uh, they're putting in the right processes. And those are the things that, that normally championships are built on. So my final question tonight, uh, you were recently named the uh, All Big Ben Coach of the Year for the second consecutive season. Um, you led Florida High to a Class A 3A championship. Congratulations on, on all of that. Can you just uh, just describe your experience a little bit as head coach uh, at the high school level? Uh, well, again, I've been blessed to have a good support system, uh, some quality players that are bought into what we've uh, worked to try to establish. Um, our processes has been the same uh, from day one. We've improved them a little bit around what we feel can help us be successful. Uh, on the on the court and also off the off the court, um, you know we're helping kids get to college, uh, which is the biggest uh, key. And if they don't go to college, you know we want them to at least know and understand uh, what being a productive citizen is about. You know, putting those processes in place, uh, being a good teammate, uh, work ethic, discipline, all those things play a big part in the success of someone long term. And so. Um, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're, like I say, if you're going to win and win big, you have to have uh, the support from administration, from the parents, and you have to have good student athletes that are willing to be coachable 
And as coaches, we have to be willing to change and adapt to uh, our each team. And so I've been blessed to have a good staff uh, that we hold each other accountable. The players are starting to hold each other accountable. And you're starting to see, you know, some great fruit. And, uh, but the process to me is the, is the biggest key to, you know, winning. Um, and even if you lose, uh, the process is always going to be the best teacher long term. So we'll, we'll get you out of here with this question. We love talking about charities on this show. Um, would you like to share with us about the, the Charles and Tanya Ward Family Foundation and what they're all about? Um, our family foundation um, is essentially we, we're partnering with uh, youth organizations uh, to help move the, the needle, whatever, you know, the needle forward in uh, bent pursuing and helping our great leaders uh, develop as, as youngsters. And so we just recently, we just did a, a father, a kids a basketball clinic on Father's Day, which was a huge success uh, for the dads and the kids who were involved. It was more of a workout, <laughs> workout but they also got some life skills, uh, some life messages from our life coaches. And, you know, we, we partnered with uh, Young Life and FCA and um, our daughter. Uh, she's uh, done some charity work uh, that we've also worked to help her raise funds for I-9 sports uh, for families who may not be able to afford the opportunity. Um, and also for uh, Orchestra Javassier Orchestra that she was a part of uh, for those families or kids that may not have the resources to help raise funds for uh, them as well so they can have that opportunity. So, you know, we, we that's our main mission and goals to help support young, uh, young youth organizations, along with uh, we've done some disaster relief work uh, since we're here, as you all know, uh, since we're here in, in Florida, uh, that's prevalent with hurricanes and tornadoes and all those types of things. And so uh, we're grateful that we're able to uh, do that with, through our foundation. Make sure you get online and check out that foundation. We want to thank the, the college legend, great NBA player, arguably the greatest athlete in the state of Florida history, Charlie Ward. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Have a great night.